Hey, y'all. Welcome once again to another episode of Casual Nonsense. Uh, as always, I'm Mark. I'm your host here to take you on another magical journey. Please be a good human and follow us on whatever platform you listen to. If you want to be an even better human, you can invite a friend to listen into. We're not going to be mad at that. Speaking of friends, uh, if you know one that might make a great guest, uh, make the introduction. Let's see what we can do. Speaking even more about friends, I made a new one on this day, and his name is Dan Kemp. Dan is the host of Generation S. This is a podcast that looks back at the 1990s and early 2000s. I was just scrolling through his list of episode titles, and I have plenty of memories just popping back up. We had a pretty good conversation on this episode, so join us as I talk to Dan about how he got started and why he has such a love for this time period. Daniel, what's up, man? What's going yeah, you on? Before Dan or Daniel? Uh, Dan. Yeah. Dan. Okay, good. It seemed a little formal with Daniel. So, I well, know. you know, it's on my Facebook. It's my Christian name, but I just, yeah, it's Dan Kemp. <laughs> that's that's the name your mama gave you, right? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> anyway, bro, listen. Welcome to Casual Nonsense. I appreciate you uh, coming on. Uh, I had to do a little uh, a little stalking a little bit, but you know, I finally got you to say yes, even though I think I only asked you once, to be honest with you. It was but twice, that's but that's I wasn't counting. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> fair, fair, nice. Uh, so just a little background on you. Um, so you are the host of the Generation S podcast, Yep, uh, which is all about 90s uh, nostalgia, right? Is, yeah. that the, is that the way you describe it? You, you tell me. Which... Yeah. So, I mean, the way I kind of intro the show when I do it is it's just it's Welcome to Generation S. It's a podcast about growing up in the 90s and then attack on the early 2000s because the idea is – it's I'm you know I'll say it I'm 35 years old right so I grew up in the late 90s and the early 2000s and so you know you, you have the people that were 80s kids or 90s kids you know whereas you know like we were kind of in between we're that in between generation and so you know you, you hear about like Gen X and Gen Y and Gen Z I thought of that weird S symbol that everyone drew on their notebooks you know what I'm talking about right uh, and I so do. I said well then that's our generation we're Generation S and so that's where that kind of came from. And so, anyway, yeah, all that to say, it is a nostalgia podcast where we just talk about different experiences that we had growing up, you know, at this point, God, 20 years ago? <laughs> I was more of a product of uh, the late 80s into mostly 90s. Gotcha. And I say that I, I mostly remember the 90s. Yeah. Right? So that's that's what I appreciate the most because that's when I was a, uh, we'll say, a, my, my teenage years, yes. if you will. It's very big right now, by the way. All the 90s stuff is coming back. Every every 30 years, you notice, they kind of rehash a lot of the, you know, so last decade, you know, you had Stranger Things, and you had all of this 80s nostalgia, right? But now we're in the 2020s. The and, Goldbergs. And the Goldbergs, well, exactly. And so, but now, I mean, you got that 90s show, right? You've got all these things that are, the 90s are, are cool again, which I've always loved the 90s, even though, again, I, I you know, my, my teenage years were in the early 2000s. I've always loved just the, the vibe of the 90s in general. So we're, we're definitely in good company here. No, I agree. I agree. And that's really what, uh, um, I don't want to use the word attracted me to you, but attracted me to your show and the, you know, and just the, the sauce that you bring, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So clearly uh, anyone who's listening right now, you can tell, and I, and I knew right away too, like you have the ideal radio voice. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's impressive, Thank right? You. So how, how long were you a DJ? That's the question. It's not if you were, it's how long were you? I was on the radio for, for several years. Uh, this was back when I first got out of high school. Actually, I was, I was going to community college for radio and television broadcasting. So my plan was I wanted to be on the radio. I actually started in high school doing uh, the morning announcements for my school because I always thought that would be kind of fun. And so I said, well, I can actually get a degree in this. I mean, it's it's an associate's degree, but hey, it's something I can stick on the wall with a thumbtack at least. You know, I was actually so the, the way I got into it professionally was uh, not even related to going to school, but I was actually uh, I was working retail, you know, was working my college job and I was working at a shoe store and they told me, hey, we're going to be doing a radio commercial. We're going to we have a big sale coming up. We're going to do a radio commercial. And they knew I was going to school for radio, so they said, do you want to be our voice for it? Because you work here, and you could be, like, the ambassador oh, for it or what have that's you. perfect. Well, and that's what I said. Yeah. This is amazing. Of course I do. So uh, I ended up going to record the commercial for a few different stations because they paid for a few different uh, blocks of time and a few different, you know, uh, broadcasting groups. And one of them was the program director for it was a rock station. It was called 100.3 The Point. 
he was the program director. His name was Sean, and he emailed me. I, I don't know how he got my info. I, I might have given it to someone at some point, but he sent me an email going, hey, heard your commercial. I, I was wondering if you might be interested in doing some work for us here at the station. And I said, oh, cool. So I, I assumed like commercial work, right? Just doing some voiceover work like I did. And I was obviously pumped. And then we, we got to talking on the phone. He's like, no, man, I'm looking for a new nighttime DJ. And I said, really? He said, he said, yeah. So I need someone that can come in and do uh, voice tracking from 7 to midnight. Now, voice tracking is basically, for those who don't know, is when you go in and record your show in advance. It's just basically, it's, it's like a podcast is now. It's pre-recorded, right? Most radio DJs, by the way, unless you're in the morning, are not live. So I, hmm. I basically would spend, uh, I would spend an hour a week and I would record an entire week's worth of you know shows because I could probably record one show from 7 to midnight and 15, 20 minutes, because you're just, if you think about it, you're only talking for about five minutes every hour. I would go in and I'd bust those out. You what? You you pre-recorded everything... Um you had your, like you had the whole the whole shift planned out essentially right for the track the songs yeah so I, I mean I didn't have anything to do with the music uh, most DJs don't again sorry to you know trample on anyone's childhood dreams really? here but this is um, interesting I didn't know that yeah so it's all lined up in a software there's different softwares and you, you have a program director who basically uh, builds out what's called the the show clock so every hour you have different categories of songs depending on what you need to play and so you've got like your a list or your golds basically that you'll have to hit on once an hour like there's like a big block for it you've got your b list your c list and so that's why if you ever remember hearing the same song every hour that's on purpose like they do that because mm. they're getting a lot of airtime with it they're required to play it a certain amount of time so as a dj i mean you get sick of it listening on the radio just imagine how sick we are of listening to it every single hour and trying to act like we're excited about it again and so anyway all so that to let say, me ask you a question though. oh go ahead yeah Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. I thought you is that is that the same for like uh like XM radio, like uh satellite radio? Do you know? Or I mean I, I can't say for sure, but I would assume probably, yeah. Typically the show clocks are built out. They sound live. They sound live. And they might be. <laughs> so and, well, just, and, and that's the thing, I'm is there are some that are. I mean, and I was live. I would do live shows when I when I moved down here to Atlanta, I would do live radio on the weekends because that's what they wanted. But there more and more now, especially what's called terrestrial radio, the stuff you listen to in your car is people pre-recording sometimes from different states. Like I know I have friends in the business still that are now like the midday DJ for like Montana and New Mexico and Idaho because they just they record from their one spot and they email it out and they put it in the system and that's it. And like you think this person who's using some weird alias name over in Montana, you you think they're local, but they're not. And and so unfortunately that's just the way radio has been going. And that's quite honestly why I got out of it about ten years ago and, and realized that it wasn't gonna be a long term career fit for me because there was no job security and if I wanted to make it I had to move all over the country and I just I wasn't ready to do either of those things. Well, how how perfect is podcasting? Yeah, you know, people would uh, you know people would tell me, oh, you should do a podcast, and I said, well, I mean, that sounds great, but I have no idea what the hell I talk about. I, I don't even know. Like people think just because you're on the radio, you have things to say, and I'm like, no, I really don't. I, I mean, I can say them <laughs> properly, but you got to tell me what to say because again, yeah. going back to it, you only talk for about five minutes in an hour unless you're on a talk radio station. So most of my time was spent giving a weather forecast or introing the next song or talking about an upcoming contest where the fifth caller is going to get Ed Sheeran tickets and that was it a podcast is I mean it's the opposite I'm spending now sometimes two hours almost on one topic you got to really be ready to talk and, and have something to say otherwise you're going to just you're going to fizzle out real quick that takes a lot of stamina like even like two hours that's uh to do that consistently like yeah I don't know I can't do more than one at a time yet, either because I used to be like oh, I'm just I'll record a couple episodes and I'm like I'm an hour and 15 into the first one and I can feel my voice start to go go hoarse you know, because I right, you're right. hearing it, I get very excited when I'm talking on into a microphone, <laughs> and so I just I can't do it for that long anymore. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, the fact that, like you just said, it the fact that you get excited in it, uh, then then the listeners get excited because if you're if you're bored with what you're saying, then so is everybody else. Yeah, and, well, <laughs> right. and it's true. You're absolutely right. When I was doing research for podcasting, you know, the first thing everyone said is, you know, you know, as far as the people I would, you know, listen to YouTube videos on or whatever, they would say pick a topic you're passionate about and can talk about for a year straight. As far as you know, in episodes, and I'm like, all right, well, let me mm. think about that. Uh, well, no, I can't do that because I get really bored. You know, so I, I was just in my head trying to think of what I could talk about. 
consistently, whether even if it's with a guest, but consistently. And I was like, well, what's something I know really well? I, I know what it was like to grow up in the late 90s, right? Let's, let's Okay, let's do a nostalgia podcast. Yeah. And so that's kind of where that part started of like, this is what I can talk about consistently. And, uh, you know, again, every week I have a guest and we'll just pick a topic and we'll just, we'll go and... I don't try. I mean, there you, most episodes are about an hour. Um, some are a little less. Some are a lot more, depending on what the topic is. But um, it's just you know, I don't usually set a limit. It's just whatever we, wherever the conversation takes us, as long as you're prepared and have it all laid out, ready to go. Perfect. See, I went the opposite approach because uh, I couldn't think of anything that I could talk about for a year. So, <laughs> I mean, my the, this podcast is literally named Casual Nonsense. Yeah. So I'm just talking about nonsense every week. But I don't do it alone. I bring someone like yourself on to join me on the nonsense, and I just kind of keep it mixed up. You know, we we initially uh, it was me and two friends of mine were initially going to do about movies, and that was the initial approach we were taking. And then I kind of pivoted as we were in our planning phases because I was like, you know, I don't want to just talk about movies. Like I don't know, I didn't. I, I thought that would be more of a like a neat a niche niche niche. niche I always like, say niche. niche. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so I thought it was that topic, and I'm I'm happy to do that still because I have a lot. Like I love movies, and there's a lot I could say, but I didn't want to limit. I wanted to really explore what other people are doing, what other people are working on. So when I have people like yourself that have podcasts, I'm able to learn from that and hopefully improve my show. But also, I get to, like today, I'm, like, we're going to talk about some stuff from the '90s, which, as you said, like that, I'm into that too. Yeah, you know. So uh, I I think it's awesome. So so all right, DJ, awesome DJ. Uh, spent some time doing that. I think that's a cool story. How old were you, by the way, when you did those shoe commercials? I was 19. So I was I was first on the air. Well, and awesome. I, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, I was a little arrogant, a little prick for a little bit there because I was still going to school. <laughs> and I would walk into – this, this is a true story. I would walk into the college radio station after, like, having just done a morning shift or whatever, like, oh, that's nice. You guys are doing college radio. I get paid to do it. And by the way, I wasn't making a lot of money. I want to just be clear here. There's no money in radio. My salary was 16, that's 16 with an N at the end of it, $1,000 per year. Okay? That that equates to about eight twenty five an hour, which, don't get me wrong, for a 19-year-old living at home, I was. I was going to community college. I was living at home. Yeah. It was great. But there were people that were across the hall from me that were feeding a family of three, and they were the breadwinner, making basically the same amount of money that I was. Again, so you were like John yeah. Travolta walking in with the Bee Gees playing in the background, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh! Basically, you know, I just, I, I just, I thought my shit did not stink. I mean, truly, I thought I was God's gift to radio. I think when I graduated college and, and I realized very quickly, okay, this is not a, a long-term career path and I have to go actually get a grown-up job, uh, I was humbled very quickly. We'll just say that. Um, <laughs> now, the now the itch never left. I mean, I've always loved, I got back on the radio for, for about a year down here in Atlanta. There's a station called Star 94, big uh, like pop station down here. Uh, so I did that for about a year uh, and then just, again, kind of fell out of it. It just it, there's too many hours where I, because I was working a full-time job still. This was a part-time thing. I couldn't do it anymore. I was I just got burnt out. It wasn't fun anymore, and that's why I did it to begin with. It was it was it wasn't the money because again I was making ten dollars yeah. an hour at that point. Uh, I did pivot for about a year again. A few years later, after my second son was born, uh, I did trivia hosting for a while, where I would go to bars and I would you know set up shop and I would I would do trivia hosting, and that was a blast because again you get the microphone in front of you, you're you're talking to an audience that you can see this time because they're right there, and I had so much fun doing that. But again. It's just, you know, my, my son, I mentioned he was just born. My wife was pulling her hair out because she had a three-year-old on her hip and a five-month-old on her shoulder. Like, so it just, it didn't, it wasn't fair to her. So I ended up having to kind of step away from that. And so I, I haven't gone back to the, I was going to say everything is now your fault, by the way. Well, listen, that. and, and that's fair. <laughs> I, that's, I signed up for that. I'm fully aware of that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. but that's when I got into podcasting. I was like, you know, I can, I can do this. Like I, I can, I, let me figure this out. Let me try to mess around with it. You know? And then I was looking into like voice work and stuff like that. Just stuff to, cause this is, I really enjoyed doing this. It's just, I have a blast with it. Even if this stays a hobby forever, which I would hope it wouldn't, but if it does, that's okay because it's something I look forward to doing. I agree, man. I like this is uh, I've only, I've only been doing it for a few months now, and uh, it's you know it, it it is a lot of fun. Yeah, because I get I, I mean there's a lot of reasons why, so I won't have to list them all here. But one of them is I get to have these conversations. Like here we are, two dudes who just met, and we're gonna sit here and talk for whatever length of time, and hopefully we're gonna have you know a handful of people listen, yeah, and, and enjoy, right? 
Absolutely. Uh, so, all right. So, you mentioned you got you got two boys married, yep. obviously, right? So that's cool. Yep. Living in the Atlanta area. So you started podcasting. What last was it? Last summer, July. Yeah, it was the end of July. So we're coming up on the uh, the one year anniversary. Actually, you got anything special planned? You're gonna do I like? No, I've thought about know, it. Like crazy show. I don't think that far in advance. Like okay, okay. Um, I was looking at the calendar and I was like, oh, Fourth of July is coming up. I'm trying to think is this something I can do for that? But uh, to this point, I I couldn't think of anything. Oh, so. I already know what you could do. Oh yeah, yeah. Do a rev- you, you you're a movie guy. Do like an Independence Day review. It's the oh, greatest. It's the idea. greatest Fourth of July movie of all time, and you can't tell me it's not. Isn't it the only Fourth of July movie? Well, I mean, technically yes, but that's beside the point. <laughs> I mean, there was a sequel, okay, and it was terrible. So you know, talk about yeah. it. Yeah, I'm just saying. You do. You know what? I'll give you credit though. You get you get prime Will Smith in that movie. Yes. You get a great uh, Bill Pullman, uh, decent speech. And you get, uh, I'll say prime Randy Quaid, because that was around the time, I think, when Christmas Vacation was out as well. So you have yeah. that crazy Quaid uh, situation going on. And you got Jeff Goldblum. Come on now. Oh, I can't believe I didn't mention Jeff That's Goldblum. That's prime Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. I'm, I should be ashamed. I'm, I'm saying. I think <laughs> I think that's your, so, your 4th of July topic, bro. I'm going to I'm gonna write that down right now, and I'm going <laughs> to see if, I can, if that's something we do. Maybe we'll uh, put something together. There you that. go. So let me ask you this about podcasting, yeah. right? So, so I'm I'm new to this. Uh, I'm new to this game. We know what got you started. What were some What were some of the challenges like making that switch? So when you went from when you first started up, so last July, did you spend a lot of time doing research, or did you still did your shit still not stink? And you said, you know what, I was on radio. I don't need to do much research. I can just flip the switch and go. Well, I- <laughs> Um, so my shit stinks a little bit. It's, you know, it's still pretty fragrant though. You know, it's, uh, I'd say it's like leaving a pie out on the windowsill in the heat for maybe an extra day. So like you still get the remnants of apple, but mold starting to grow. Um, no. So, but as far as like, I, I definitely did a lot of research because again, I, the part I wasn't worried about was the part that we're doing right now. It's, it's talking. Like, I've never been afraid to talk. I mean, again, I mentioned I got a grown-up job after college. I've, I did sales for many years, right? And so, and, you know, now I work as a recruiter. So I'm talking to people all the time. So this is not the part that scared me. It was the, okay, what do I have to do on the back end? How do I get it all put together? Where do I host it? So it was that kind of stuff that I really needed to do research on. And then, of course, again, pick something that I know that I could have a consistent conversation every single week with somebody. And so at first, especially for, like, the first five episodes, I was really really focused on like kind of mapping out my show notes the outline and literally in fact my first episode so if you if you listen to the show the first episode I did was about pro wrestling in the 90s I mean that was I wanted to have the episode be about something that I could I knew I could talk about confidently for an hour something that you love too like, exactly yeah. love pro wrestling Our, your listeners can't see it but behind me I've got those wrestling masks up there I've got a wrestling belt hanging on the wall that way so I big wrestling fan uh and nice. I did it you know my best friend Lou uh who he's a he's a not a main co-host, but he's like a primary co-host for most of my episodes. Been my best friend since college. We met in college, actually, in the radio program together. Do you call him uh, Captain Lou just for nostalgia's sake? I do not, you know, because that Does was... he have an elastic uh, hanging out of his cheek? Listen, the only Captain <laughs> Lou I know was wearing a red hat, and he was, you know, fighting, you know, Koopa Troopas, okay? He was Mario as far as I was concerned. <laughs> but, um... So, but anyway, so I, I was, you know, I wanted to, you know, do something that I was comfortable with and able to talk about. And so I picked wrestling. But if you listen to that one, I, you can almost hear it like I was trying to stick to the script. I didn't want to go off tangents too much because I didn't want people to get bored. So I was focused on hitting every single bullet point. And you can really hear it because I, I hate listening. First off, I'll say this too. I don't like listening to myself back on my shows. Of course. Like people think, oh, you love to hear yourself talk. I'm like, yes, but once it's, once it's out of my mouth, I don't want to hear it again. Like that's it. <laughs> So I <laughs> don't. don't I, what I said. Yeah. yeah. The only time I will go back and listen to my shows is if I'm like doing like a highlight reel or whatever to put out on Instagram or something like that. And even then, it's I'm listening for my friends talking. I, I try not to hear myself, but just hearing. I I did listen back to that one because I was putting stuff together and I was like, oh, it just sounds so forced. And I, I asked Lou and I was like, did I sound forced? And he's like, you sound really uncomfortable, which is weird because you never get uncomfortable. And I said, yeah, dude, I don't. I, so, like, I remember I actually when we recorded the second episode, which was about video games. Again, another passion. I'm a big gamer. So uh, I thought, again, easy conversation. But I had to re-record the, the opening intro a few times with him because I kept forcing it out. And it just didn't sound. Because, it, again, it's it's a whole different animal when you're recording 
to talk about a topic versus, you know, introing the next song and doing the weather on the radio. It's I sound the same, but you're in a totally different mindset and you have to think ahead even further about what you're going to say next because you have so much more that you have to talk about. And then once I realized that I knew I could just kind of keep it casual and know that I'll still keep things flowing and it won't sound awkward, I get really, really uncomfortable at like awkward silences. Like if I feel like there's a really long pause, I have to fill that pause in with something (laughs) which sounds terrible. It turns out most of those pauses are a lot slower in my head than they actually are in real life, which once I realized that, and that was even on the radio, once you realize that those long pauses that you're hearing are not really that long, let them happen because then the conversation picks back up and you're good to go. And honestly, that's what's great about podcasting too is if the podcast, if the pause rather, excuse me, ends up actually being long, you just cut it out because you can edit that shit. Yeah. So two things that you said there um, I, I went through. So I, I put a trailer out in February when I started and like you, like I was doing the script. I was, I was like, Oh, I'm going to, it's, it's going to be perfect. It's yeah. going to be this. And every time I played it back, it, it sounded like a script. And I was like, I just, I can't get it to sound casual, yeah. you know? And that's the name of the show right. casual. So how can I just spit it out? So it took me 20, 25 takes, no joke. And then finally I was like, you know what? I got to stop chasing perfection. Um, I haven't heard the trailer in a bit now that I've been doing it for a while. I would love to redo it, but at this point, it's a it's a reminder for me of like that's where I started. We've moved forward from here now, so we're good. Yeah. And then the same thing with the pauses. Uh, I do it even to this day. It's something that I work on. It's something that I work on even at at work when I'm trying to have conversations with people. And if there's awkward silence, I just feel the need to try to fill that void. And I'm like, I got to stop doing that because at some point. People don't just want to hear you talk, right? (laughs) It's like, just, just be an active listener and just absorb. And, you know, the good thing with podcasting is that if you have that pause, you know, you can, like I said, if it feels too long, you could take out half a second or take out a second and then the final version sounds good. So these are definitely like, I I love that you said all these things because these are things that I'm going through now. So uh, it makes me feel like I'm on the right, I'm on the right track. Yes. Well, and you have to, you have to, and that's the thing too, is, you know, I would, I would watch videos on this and I would hear people say these things, but you're not, it's not going to click until you actually have to do it. And then when you experience it, you're like, Oh, okay. That's what that means. Okay, good. We're good. Yeah. We're, we're moving forward. And so now, like, I, I remember even you mentioned like editing and whatnot, like, my first few episodes, I spent probably an hour editing each one. And I'm like, you know what? No, it's a conversational podcast. Unless anything really crazy happens, I'm going to let it fly. I'm going to let it roll, right? Like, I, I would cut yeah, out all my rip. ums and all my you knows, because that's another one. I, I say you know a lot. And so <laughs> I, I would just cut them all out. And I'm like, no, this first off, it's taking way too much time. Second of all, I don't. I, I talk like that in real life, and people are hearing me have a conversation with my friends. That's the point of the show. I just I let it I let it roll, and so once I realize that too, it just made, so now I can I can get an episode edited, and you know especially if it's just two guests, like one me and one other person, like I don't know five ten minutes maybe. Once I get the tracks lined up, and then we're good to go. I, I think we share the same brain because everything I'm hearing out of you, we talked a little <laughs> bit before we started recording, and I'm just like I, I think we're on the same track here. We are like. You know, it's it's great. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely feel everything you're going through, and I'm and I'm going through it too. So you're my little, you're my my comfort podcast host right now. <laughs> there it <laughs> so is. This is working out well. Yeah. Uh, so what do you do for like for your guests? I know you have some friends on there. Yeah. I know you've had your wife on there a couple of times. Like, do you? Have you ever, do you bring strangers on at all? Like, do you go reaching out for, for weirdos or you just stick to who you know? Uh, it's funny you mention that. I have brought weirdos on that were not my friends to begin with. Um, but it was, okay. I, if I'm going to do that, it's, I've already kind of set that in, you know, my personal goal is like, if I'm going to bring strangers on, for lack of a better term, uh, I want them to be able to bring something to the table that they can share out to the audience as well. That they, you know, that they, so for example, um, I brought on, uh, it was now a friend of mine, but, but when I reached out to him, we, we were on the podcast Facebook like guest page together, and he is the – I'll give a shout-out. It's my buddy Ty. He is a co-host of the Whiskey Lodian podcast, which is a Nickelodeon drunk rewatch podcast. It's fantastic, by the way, if you're into um, alcohol or Nickelodeon. Um, but I was like, dude, I'm doing a 90s podcast. I love your show. I'd love to have you on my show. And he's like, yeah. So if I'm going to bring a total What's stranger – oh, go, it's yeah, it's the Whiskey Lodian podcast. They're about Whiskey to start Lodian. season three, yeah. So they they do seasons, and so they're they're. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that in the uh, in the notes after too. So if anyone wants to check that out, they can uh, they can check out yeah. Ty. It's fantastic, give him, give him a little it's, shout it's, out. Yeah, Ty and his buddy Sean, they do a great job. Cool. 
but yeah, if I'm going to bring on a non, like most of the people that I have had on, I've known for 10, 15 years, but, and, but if I'm going to bring somebody else on that I don't know personally, I want them to be able to have something that I can talk about with them that they do. So, um, whether it's a podcast or actually one's a kind of a dual foe, my buddy Derek that I've known since college, uh, he also, uh, runs an esports, not a meetup group, but like an esports company in Texas that uh or oklahoma rather right next to texas um Hmm. they go and like they'll do like east like super smash brothers tournaments at colleges and things like that so i'll let him every time we get on i'm like hey plug your shit man what what do you want the audience to know what are you guys up to um because i I think that's i think that's a lot of fun to do that and just get people aware of things they may not have realized you know or heard of before so i've had him on and then again podcast hosts i you know want to get on um Obviously, being a nostalgia podcast, I'd love to get like old '90s celebrities on if I can. Those are a lot harder to get on than you know my friends. My claim to fame so far is I did interview the illustrator from the old uh, Goosebumps books, Tim Jacobus, uh, and that was a lot of fun. He was a great guy. So I'm trying to parlay that into other uh, other guests. Unfortunately, I haven't gotten anything concrete yet. But uh, you got to do some better stocking, man. You got to yeah. You know, I, I listen, I, I, I worked in sales. Remember, I know how to harass people very well. So what about you got some blackmail photos? Maybe uh, maybe that'll help out your, your search. Oh, man. Well, you know, it's funny as I actually did have blackmail photos. But unfortunately, that, that guest passed away recently was Coolio. Oh, yeah. Oh, so he um, you he had, had photos had, of Coolio. I did. Well, me and him together on my MySpace page because he had headlined a concert that I helped promote with the radio station. And so I got to be up on stage hanging out with him oh. while he performed. And it wasn't anything too incriminating, honestly. It was he was actually really great. I would have loved to have had him on though. Yeah, that's cool though. A little claim to fame, you know. Oh, I hung up with Coolio. Oh, I I, you know, no I held deal. on to that claim to fame way longer than I needed to. Trust me, that was like, <laughs> I, well, and I, I again going back to being God's gift to radio. I used to like try to drive conversations to where I would I'd be like, ask me what I do for a living because I'm so excited to tell you. Like that was my thing. <laughs> I wanted people to ask me what I did so that I could tell. Oh, I'm, I'm on the radio. You may have heard of me. I don't know. I'm kind of a big deal. Like I was Ron <laughs> I'm Burgundy. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, pe- people know me. I have leather-bound books that smell of rich mahogany in my shelf. And so, <laughs> I, again, I once I yeah got out of radio, that I humbled myself pretty quickly. But uh, yeah, well, you'll appreciate this. My claim to fame. I don't, you know, I don't hang out with famous people, but I did meet uh, Triple H in China once. Nice. Um, so I I lived up in uh, New Hampshire at the time, or Massachusetts, New Hampshire is where I'm from, and uh, I worked at the Outback up there. Shout out Outback. Uh, but they. They lived in that area. I think China lived in New Hampshire somewhere. I, I don't really okay. know. But they came in, and he came rolling through. And this was, I want to say, 99, okay. right, in that, in that era. Like, yeah. the, like I, was, I was big into W. It was WWF back then, right? right? So so we watched a lot of it. Um, but, yeah, he came rolling through. He had this big yellow Hummer. And everyone's like, oh, like Hummers weren't, like, a huge thing then. And we, you see one, and you're like, oh, like, look, who's this, right? He comes in, and, I mean, jacked. I mean, obviously, right? He's just. Oh, yeah. He's just a tank. Big dude. And uh, yeah, so everyone's in there staring at him, you know, and, and one of the waiters walked up to him and started trying to talk to him. And he's like, listen, I'm, we're going to eat and then I'll, I'll sign or whatever after. And we're, and we're like, okay, okay, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and, but you know, that's really you know, cool of him because he didn't even have to do that, obviously. Right. Exactly. And this was before, uh, this was before like cell phones were a big thing. Like not everyone had an iPhone right? Right. Or, or any iPhones at that point. Right. So you couldn't just... You know, oh, look at me with the selfie, you know, in the background or whatever. So, but anyway, that was, uh, that was it for me. That's great, man. No, I went I, from well... Triple H to, to Daniel Kemp. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Jeez. So, so sorry, buddy. Uh, it's a step down. Well, I can't, I can't help Listen, it. no, no, I get it, man. I just total step down. Well, and it's, it's cool because again, I, you know, I live north of Atlanta. So big WCW following down here, right? You know, I was a WCW wrestling fan back in the day. And, um, so okay. a lot of those guys still live around here though, which is kind of cool because you'll see them. I've, I've actually, again, here we go. I'll, I'll, let's, uh, we're going to, we're going to do a measuring contest. Let's do this. Here we go. <laughs> I, uh, I have done yoga at DDP's house, Diamond Dallas Page, because he's, he's got a house okay. down here near me. Uh, uh, with Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake the Snake. So you went to the, his house? I went to his house, and Jake was there, and we did yoga together. And he's a very large man. I'll say that. Yeah, he's like uh, 6'4 or something, isn't At he? At least. He... No, he's probably closer to 6'6, six, six, to be honest with you. He's a big dude. Okay. He's very tall. Okay. Uh, and then I have uh, I've run into Buff Bagwell a time or two because he lived in Marietta. I think he still does. 
and which is again about 30 minutes for me and so i ran into him walking out of a marlowe's tavern as he was walking in with his uh his date his his date his date i don't i don't know the situation there if they're facebook official i i can't tell you the, the mystery continues there, we'll, it, we'll let that roll yeah. there it is <laughs> who knows yep so do you uh do you find yourself getting hit by like podcast promoters a lot uh, way too much. Yeah. Uh, I block yeah. those all. Actually, I'll get like friend requests from random people that like, uh, uh, okay. Like, I'm like, oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, the podcast, you know, creator. Oh, that's cool. Podcast promoter. And oh, I'll get you a thousand views. No, just, just fuck off. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I shouldn't say that, but like, no, I'm good. Nope. You know, like, I, <laughs> so many. And, and I never knew those were a thing before I started podcasting. I was like, oh, wow. I mean, I guess everyone's trying to make a buck somewhere. So it doesn't surprise me. I mean, I'll even get yeah. it on, uh, like linkedin right because i've I've, you know i use linkedin for my profession my my grown-up job and um but i have on there that i'm a podcast host because whatever you never know who you could you know come across and have a conversation with but i'll get like connection requests from from people wanting to promote my pod i'm like dude no stop this is stupid like tone it back easy chachi like we're good follow these three simple steps and you'll be famous it's like it's the easy way right people people get enchanted by yeah. like oh i can you mean i just got to pay a little bit of money and i'll be famous just like joe rogan no that's not how that works right i wish it was because god i would love to be as famous as joe rogan for different reasons of course but still for nonetheless. Di- <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you listen to the uh, school of podcasting but he did an episode uh talking about joe rogan oh really because that's everyone's benchmark right yeah so he was like you know you want to be Joe Rogan, and and it was funny because he he kind of snapped it back into reality, 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 because he uh, he was saying like where he got started, and I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but basically it comes down to Joe Rogan was a celebrity or semi celebrity for about twenty years, yeah, before he had a podcast. You know what I mean? So I mean, I mean, he was an established comedian. Uh, he was already working for for UFC, and he had you know Fear Factor host for a while. Yep. Like he he was doing all these things, uh, and then he started a podcast. So, yeah. you know, and his money came from I believe Spotify pays him, and I don't know the numbers to exclusively only be on Spotify. Right. So, I mean, yeah, of course he makes his money. He's got this long form show, and, and and I've watched some of his some of his shows, and of course, like that's I want to get to that. Like, yeah, I want to yeah. sit around with some people drinking whiskey, smoking cigars and doing nothing for a couple hours, just bullshitting about whatever. Right. Uh, yeah. Sign me up and I get a paycheck. Well, that's, but again, you go back to, he had 20 years of an audience built up for that. Like that's, it's yeah. not fair. Like, it, and it is what it is. A celebrity starts a podcast. They're already going to be better than you at it. Not better at the podcasting part, but better at, getting an audience because that's yeah, just absolutely. by default but that's not to say and this is where i'm always encouraged like i've i mean i always hear these success stories of like dude when i started my podcast i had 10 listens per week or whatever you know and i just the biggest thing i'll say um to anyone that wants to do a podcast because this is what i heard and this is what i'm trying to do as well is consistency and stick around the long term most podcasts do not get out of a year so if you can stick with a weekly release or whatever you decide your release schedule is, if you can stick with a consistent release of your show and be in it for the long run, something will happen. Whether it means that you'll get sponsors or uh, you know people that you're, I guess, yeah, people that want to advertise on your show, or you just get your brand out there and you start attracting a bigger audience because you know some. It only takes one person to catch on with it and go, "Oh, this show is great! I'm going to share this out to my ten friends," you know, and then the pyramid just it it comes down. But yeah. it's not going to happen if you're not consistent with it. And that was the biggest takeaway I got from all this. Uh, I mentioned I did a lot of research and I read a lot of like blogs and listen to other podcasts of people about podcasting and it's like i got a little psycho with it too, if i'm being perfectly oh honest. so did i yeah, but yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> but that's a lot of the similar advice so that's why i wanted to make sure i was doing it right you know there's no there is no silver bullet nope you know so you just got to do it have fun be consistent and then see what happens yeah and and it's it's basically free like you can start a podcast i mean it's not going to sound the best if you don't invest a little bit into your equipment but you can start a podcast for free and see if you like it you know what i mean hell you can even just record podcasts and not put them out there and see if you like doing that before you even invest in getting a platform set up (laughs) like just try it it's dude it's so much fun and the first day i released i had so much nervous energy i I got up released it early in the morning uh, went to work and I was like, ah, checking your downloads. Do. Every, you log in every ten busy. minutes, right? Just to see, all right, how many? 
It might have been 45 minutes. Uh, just <laughs> Yeah, get a little – because yeah. you wonder. You're just like, oh, who's listening? And I got some positive feedback from some you know some people I know that I wasn't expecting it from. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, and you just – it just snowballs. You, know, you say, oh, okay, well, it's a couple people listened. Well, let me do another one. Oh, a couple people listened again. Okay, cool. You know, and it just – yeah, it becomes fun. And then I, – and I love having the different the different topics and different things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's it's great. You know, again, for anyone who is a podcaster that's listening to this and you look at your numbers and they're not quite what you're hoping, you, you know, you're not seeing the Rogan numbers, right? Like you're not seeing a thousand listens, which, by the way, you know, if, if you're if you're comparing podcast downloads to something like YouTube views, you are in the wrong mindset. <laughs> I just want to tell you that right yeah. now, because unless you are Joe Rogan, you are not going to get anywhere near 10,000 downloads per per episode especially not at first maybe eventually you do get the, which is fantastic if you do but think about this uh I, i'll I, you know i sometimes have only seen episodes of mine that get you know 50 listeners right which at first i was like oh that kind of sucks right because if i got a 50 views on a youtube video i that's a you know it's a waste of time but think of it like this that's 50 people that are tuning in to listen to you for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever it is that the length of your show is. If you put those 50 people in a room together that are here to hear just you talk, by the way, and, and they're listening for you, that's that's a pretty yep. big crowd right there in front of you. So you think of it like that, and all of a sudden, 50 people is like, wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, oh, my God, this one got 100. I have 100 people listening to this episode. Holy shit. It, it will eventually, and if you're if you're consistent with it, and you build up a, a listener base, that number will continue to grow. I look at my stats now, like um, I, I use a platform called Buzzsprout, and every week they send me a summary of okay, how many downloads did you get this week between all your shows? And I remember I would get excited when I would get eighty downloads in a week. I was like, this is freaking awesome. Now, I mean, I'm getting anywhere from 150 to 180 downloads per week, which you know, it, again, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's almost triple. Well, it's yeah, just over double what I was getting before when I was super pumped. So if you're growing at all, celebrate that. Don't get discouraged. And that was my soapbox. <laughs> There's no uh, no I I I appreciate that because that's some of the things that I I struggle with too is right you like and I actually it was a question I had I was going to ask you is how much kind of number chasing do you do because some of the you know again and the same advice doing the research was don't sweat the numbers a lot of what you said, because you can't compare yourself to not just Joe Rogan, but you can't compare it to really anything. Like what, what you do is going to be different from someone else. Yeah. And if, if there's another, you know, nineties type podcast out there, like you have, well, then you got to do it differently or you got to do it better. Right. Right. And, and then it's, and that comes down to the people like you or them like do, I mean, who says you can't listen to both shows, right? I yeah. mean, if you're, if you have an hour show and they have an hour show, well, I, that's 22 more hours in the day I got left. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's just a lot of, there's no, there's no competition really because everyone could listen. There's plenty to go around. And, and that's the thing is that, I mean, when you, again, comparing podcasting to like YouTube, like YouTube. Yeah. I mean, unless you hit something big on one of your videos, like good luck, like you're not going to get famous unless you're yeah. already famous. Uh, but podcasting is such a new media. I mean, it's been around for what, 15, almost 20 years now. Podcasting has been a thing with the first iPods. That's where the term came from. Podcasting. Right. And funny, funnily enough, I learned this just the other day. Apple did not invent the term podcast, so they cannot trademark the term podcast. <laughs> but they use like a magazine article referred to what you could listen to on there as a podcast. And so that's, that's what's public. It's like, you know, it's a generic term at this point, but anyway, um, where was I going with that? So I was basically, yeah, just talking about how, you know, you have to just stick with it. It's a growing medium. And where was I? Oh, God, I, I literally just lost myself where I was going somewhere with that. <laughs> I just got another soapbox. But uh, yeah, no, don't don't focus on the downloads. That's what I was going to say is, you know, just focus on doing what you can. There's plenty to go. There it is. I'm, I'm coming back around. Now. I got this now. Um, there you go. There's there's no competition. There absolutely is not. No one's going to pick a podcast over somebody else's podcast because they're not live broadcasted TV shows. If they want to listen to both, they're going to listen to both. They're not going to, you know, it's. 
don't worry about it. And that's why I'm always thrilled like to collaborate with other people that have a similar podcast to mine, because you know what? We may talk about the exact same topic. We could both have an episode about beanie babies one week and they're going to be different. You know why? Because it's different people talking about things. So no matter what, it's going to be a different show. Now, my thing is I, I want to do it again. Cause again, there's a lot of nineties nostalgia podcasts out there. So I listen to a few just to say, okay, well, what can I do different? What can I do better? That's what you always want to be listening yep. for. So for me, like, big into having a polished sounding show. And that's honestly, when I started listening to your show, I was like, okay, this guy knows he, he knows the drill. Like you have to, if it doesn't sound good, people are probably not going to listen to the entire thing. It just, or it's, it's going to be hard for them to stay focused. Yeah. If you're hearing somebody talking into a cell phone on their kitchen table, it doesn't sound good. I'm not going to care what they have to say as much as they may have some really insightful things to say. I can't be, it's like watching a movie on a TV with a cracked screen, right? Like it's too distracting <laughs> for you to enjoy what you're seeing. I always knew that if I, whatever show I make, even if it's, you know, like the material's not necessarily like, oh, like this is so unique, which it might be sometimes, but I'm also aware that there's plenty of people out there that talk about the stuff I talk about, but it's, it's going to be my perspective and it's going to sound really good. I'm going to polish it up. That's like years of doing yeah. radio production, you know, made me very keen to like what sounds good and what doesn't sound good. So I know how to make it sound good. Well, you know, once again, uh, our minds are linked because <laughs> that's a huge pet peeve of mine is, you know, I'll listen to some podcasts and if their guest is calling from a, you know, a convertible from their cell phone, yeah, I, you could be explaining to me, you know, the cure for cancer. And I'm like, well, I'll never know it because I'm not listening, <laughs> you know, so we move on. Yeah, it's because there's other options, you know, mm -hmm. so but if it's but yeah, if they sound good, I'll like, hey, let's let's see what it's about. Yep. All right. So this is what I got. So let's uh, I know we've been driving this uh, truck off a cliff a little bit and I can talk <laughs> about podcasting all day long. Right. Yeah. man. <laughs> so it's a meta uh, episode. In, in honor of your show with the 90s, I started putting a list of some things. Uh, I got a couple lists. Sure. The first one, I, I started reminiscing a little bit with the help of Google. Things that I miss from the 90s. Yeah. Right? So just to just to give you uh, a little uh, context here, right? So I graduated – I guess I'm going to say this uh, out loud on the thing, you know, <laughs> but I don't care. I, grad, I graduated high school in 93. Okay. Right? So shout, shout out Lions, right? So that's that's my time frame, right? So I'm I'm 17, 18 in nineteen eighty three. So you uh, ninety three, sorry. Yep. So that's that's my era, right? The first thing I had on here is something I missed, and and this I couldn't remember when this stopped, but I miss MTV playing actual music videos. Oh, I mean that was me and I, yeah, because we had TRL, right? That was the whole thing was that they would play. Yep. Now I would say that as a teenager is when they shifted more to like the reality shows and and all that stuff, but. Yeah, no, I definitely have memories of MTV being about music videos. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and and I, I remember it's, I was reading an article recently about that, and people were, like, always complaining about it. But then they're like, yeah, they stopped doing it because, like, you know, there's so many other ways to get music. Nobody's watching that anymore. So we had to pivot and had to get programming that people actually tuned in for because – when you were able to get music on Napster in the late nineties, like, yeah, forget it. They're not, they don't need to tune into MTV mm -hmm. to watch a music video to hear a song anymore. You know what? I didn't put Napster on there. You just thought of one. I did. I missed <laughs> Napster from the nineties. It's going on my list. There it is, man. Right. Another thing I miss is I miss actually good music. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm more of a rock and roll guy, yeah. maybe a little bit of grunge, right? Like, I mean, you're talking about the birth of Pearl Jam and I don't want to just list off. I was a huge Alice in Chains fan. Uh, Metallica played good music then. Yeah. This is uh, before they cut their hair and got sober, right? <laughs> so they had a lot of good, a lot of good stuff out there. Those so were the days. It was just, can we, someone give Hetfield a beer, man. What's going on? <laughs> uh, but, uh, but you know, that, like, I just miss music. You know what I mean? Even, even though there were boy bands during that time frame and yeah. girl bands and stuff, like, like, that's fine. But nowadays, like, music is just... I don't know how to describe it, right? Because I mean, there's there's some good stuff that comes out now, but yeah. I just really miss people playing their own instruments, uh, and it still happens. Just it, it seems less like well, it's not mainstream, and and that's the thing. And because yeah. I'll tell people this too, because they'd be like, "Oh, you're a radio DJ, don't you just hate music now?" I'm like, "Yeah, I hate pop music now. It's not my thing." But that's every generation doesn't like the next generation's pop music. Back when you were listening yeah. to Nirvana and Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam, they were mainstream radio back then because it was new, it was hot, it was fresh. And so, yeah, you could listen to it pretty much everywhere. But eventually that changed and this other, you know, other formats of music became popular. And even now, like, I'm not a fan of it, but I acknowledge that it's successful. 
the great thing is, again, there's so many. You could, I guarantee, you could find ten sound alike Pearl Jam bands right now on Spotify mm. that are playing original stuff that sounds like Pearl Jam. It'll never see the light of day on mainstream radio. But you got to go look for it. You got, yeah, you got to be in those in that space. You know, yep, absolutely. Uh, along the same lines of music, I miss, uh, I miss making mixtapes. Yeah, right. And this is something that you know, just the the process of making it right. Be like, oh, I like the song and playing the song. And now, like. I shortcut, right? I got Spotify. Yeah. So I can just make my own playlist. So it, it's easier now. There's no question about it. But I like the effort of the mixtapes. You know, I could label it. You could you could make a mixtape for like a girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Or the, oh, the, I'm having a cookout. Uh, this is my cookout tape. You know what I mean? So now they call them playlists. Yeah. <laughs> right? So back then, mixtapes. Well, and for, so for me, it wasn't tapes, but it was the CD burning, right? That was my big thing was like mm-hmm. when I was a kid, and I didn't have a computer that was good enough for it, but my sister did. And so- Every holiday and birthday, whatever, she would burn me a CD. Like, all right, what do you want? So I'm like, oh, what do I want to listen to? Okay, cool. Let me rewrite these down and get those over to her, and she'll get them to me. But it was the same thing. You could, I made you a mix CD. You know, we, I think we even might have still called them mixtapes. Um, and eventually, just be like, I made you a CD. You know, but same thing. You draw flowers on it if it was like, you know, whatever. And you know, because I, I remember, <laughs> and I know this because yeah, the sharpie on the top, yeah. Upstairs in a binder is a is like a a binder full of my wife's old burned CDs that she has of like. It could be whole albums or it could just be mixes. Like there's one that's like Summer Mix 03 up there. It's like, oh, what the hell is on this? Yeah. Let's see what it is. So we've done that a couple times where we'll pop in. You know, the only CD player we have left is in our car, by the way. So we'll pop that in as we're driving and just give a listen to see what's on there. And it's just, it's nuts. What, what? Uh, I, I also miss, uh, I miss uh, arcades. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you, uh, that's more of an early 90s. I, I think I those started arcades. dying out in the early 90s, but. Uh, now they have adult arcades, which I, I still enjoy, right? So you yes. can go and now you can get beers and play those same games. And they're all you can play. Um, you pay a flat fee and you can you can finally beat The Simpsons without having to spend $35. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yes, huge yeah. fan. I actually have upstairs in my, in my well, it's my kid's playroom, but it's mine too. Um, I have, you know, you know the brand Arcade 1-Up that puts out all those classic arcades like at like three-quarter yeah. scale? So I've got like six of them upstairs right now. And so I've got like a little mini arcade, which is just dope because it's all game. Like, you know, my favorite, like my crown jewel is like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game because that was my favorite arcade game back in the day. For you got the the machine with the with four, four with the four players absolutely oh. yeah and it's it's tight all right uh, I got Street Fighter I've got Mortal Kombat I've got uh, Marvel versus Capcom or sorry Marvel superheroes so like I've got all these different games and my kids love them they'll they'll pop them on and play them too I'm a huge arcade fan I, anytime I go to an arcade okay. my first thing I'll be like oh do they have Tekken that's my first game that I look for is Tekken right because that was my <laughs> game that was my jam uh, the second thing would be Turtles or the Simpsons which are less likely because they're older. And then uh, after that, yeah, I just kind of walk around. Now, arcades, if you go to like a Dave and Buster's or we have one called Main Event near us, which is very similar, uh, they'll have arcade machines, but it's either racing machines or it's basically just giant versions of phone apps that you can use your fingers to touch. Like there's a giant Fruit Ninja (laughs) game where you swipe your finger on the TV that a thousand other kids have touched that day and try to win tickets to go buy stupid shit. So it's not the same. Well, you're making my... You're making my point, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not the same, yeah. like, coin-up uh, games. I was always a big fan of uh, the four-player Gauntlet, which I loved. Uh, what about, like, uh, I think it's Akari Warriors was another good one. Oh, that was a good one. Double yeah. Dragon. Anyways, that's a— There's so many. Again, that's a—yeah. Okay, <laughs> so, let me ask yeah, you, because I have very strong opinions on this. What are your thoughts on Pac-Man? I like Miss Pac-Man better. Okay, can you explain to me the difference other than her having a bow? Because that's the only thing I could, you know— yeah. No, I think I looked at Miss Pac-Man like a sequel. Okay. Right? So it, I think maybe the gameplay was a little smoother. I don't know that I've really ever played too much of regular Pac-Man. Yeah. Maybe on like Atari when that came out. I played out it on Nintendo. That was, that was my games. first exposure to it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, you're right. It's the same game. Run yeah. around, chomp dots, eat the ghosts. They did. There was one game. They made like a two-player Pac-Man. It might have been like Super Nintendo or something where you could. Huh. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. But anyway, so one of the big things that I miss is 90s movies, uh, specifically action movies. You don't get the the, the, the Stallones, the, the Schwarzeneggers, like the cheesy action that I could watch and I have yeah. watched 20 times each just because I can. Yeah, no, I was, I was going to say, you know, during during COVID, actually, um, it was me, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, we decided, all right, well, what we're going to do is just every Saturday night, 
we're going to drink beers and we're going to watch old 80s action movies. That was like our thing. And we would watch like whole franchises, right? So over the course of a month, we would watch all the Beverly Hills Cop movies. And then the next month, we would do all the Rocky movies, and which aren't action, Solid. but, you know, similar. Um, and then, so like we would just, and then we did the Die Hard movies, right? And so it just, because you're absolutely right. They don't make them like that anymore because they're not popular. They don't sell, you know, they're not going to sell as well anymore. But um, there is a new show on Netflix, if you have Netflix, called Fubar. Have you heard of this show? I, I just I, I binged it last weekend. Actually. There it is. Sir. That is a throwback <laughs> yeah. to the classic 80s and 90s action movie kind of tropes. And it was great. Yeah, not not bad. You know, Schwarzenegger trying. He's, he, I mean, I don't say trying like he still he still brings his. I mean, yeah, he's like 70 or something. He's now, in his mid 70s. Yeah, he, he's getting up there, man. And he still he still looks good. He still he still has it. Yeah, so absolutely. Good for him. Yeah. But that leads me into my next thing, which is what I miss is just original movies and shows. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you just don't you don't see enough of that. Everything nowadays is uh, a sequel or a spinoff or a remake, and it's unfortunate. Uh, so I I miss just original ideas, you know. And it gets into kind of what we're saying with like maybe music mm-hmm. or or shortcuts and podcasting. Like this just is a more lazy world that we live in now. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's not not everything, not everyone, but there's just you just see more little webs of laziness kind of poking through yeah like when you really flash back to things so that's you know i'm not there's a lot of good movies that come out but if i sit back and i think of even this year you know like is how many original movies are actually out right now that are gonna make money like you say because if they're not making money yeah you know that's why that's why they're doing it right i mean it's all about the dollar bill yeah so that's absolutely right and i will say i feel like at least in the last maybe five or ten years with the advent of streaming, people are willing to take more risks on original content because, well, I'm already paying for a Netflix subscription. Let's check out this new original show called Stranger Things, right? But I feel like before streaming really took off, yeah, Hollywood was kind of bank, and they still are, obviously, but banking on known franchises or known properties and either rebooting them, adding sequels, whatever, spinoffs. And because, again, people don't want to go to a movie theater and take a risk on something brand new anymore because there's so many options out there that they're like, OK, well, if I'm going to spend money on something, I'm going to spend money on something I know I like. I'll give you an example when it comes to food. Right. I know that if I go to a new restaurant and I'm trying to get better about this, but if they have a Cuban sandwich, that is what I'm going to order, because I know that any place <laughs> it's very hard to fuck up a Cuban sandwich. Right. So I know right. I'm going to enjoy my lunch. I'm not going to order from a menu that I'm not familiar with because I don't want to risk spending money on a meal that I'm going to hate. If When it comes to your own disposable income, people are a lot choosier about what they're going to invest that in. And so if they know like they're going to at least get some you know, comfort food, right? That's what we'll call these, these known franchises is, is entertainment comfort food. You know, and then, but now they can go out and they can, they can, check out a new movie that's on Netflix that's maybe not quite what they thought it would be but an original idea uh, like an original concept and and some of those may they do very well I mean I'll give you an example the uh, it was a couple years ago do you remember that movie Bird Box that came out with Sandra Bullock on Netflix I don't think I saw that. I mean, and it was it was pretty good, but basically the whole world ended. It was a post-apocalyptic film where like everyone who would see these these like whatever that whatever they saw made them want to kill themselves, like literally commit suicide. So people started blindfolding themselves so they can't see and but they they stayed alive. It's a very unique concept and it was a pretty good movie and it got a little bit of a buzz. You know, if that had come out in theaters next to Iron Man four, like no, of course they're going to go see Iron Man because they know what they're what you know they they know what to expect. Yeah, the brand name. Yeah, yep, for sure. All right, what I what I do miss, I miss uh, I miss Blockbuster Video. Yeah, I mean that was an experience just going to to. I mean that's a date night or whatever the case is. Yeah, you know, I mean again now we just stream it, which is definitely convenient. Yes, um, another word for for lazy, right? But <laughs> it's out there and we all do it. I'm not knocking, you know, Netflix yeah. or all the streaming services cuz I have them all. But um but I do miss the blockbuster options. Well, because I mean? having the the limitation in your choices is actually nice. Like you think in your head, "Oh god, I just want to have all the movies ever at my fingertips." And then you realize, "Oh my god, I can't decide what I want to watch." I got to get there before five, before the rush. Right. So uh, there's only so many copies of this movie and it just came out. Yeah. And then, sure. and, and, and if you missed out on that, guess what? You're, you're there. You might as well pick something else to watch, you know, pick something else out to watch. 
and you may end up loving it. Like I, I can tell you as a kid, there were movies that I rented that like I had no idea what they were, but the cover looked really cool, so I tried it out. Whereas now, <laughs> yep. again, going back to like that comfort food, like, no, I know that I know what to expect if I'm gonna watch season ten of Chip and Joanna Gaines. Uh, versus trying out this new movie, whatever, whatever it is. It's just for the record, I don't like that show, but I just that's the first thing it pops. Is that the HGTV show? It is. uh... My wife loves like all that shit. Which God bless her, but like, yeah, whatever. Um, He's entertaining. He's he's funny. I guess. But anyway, the point being is like, yeah, people. (laughs) You know, it goes back to the taking risks and having everything available uh, because you know you'll you'll always go back to what you know. And then if you try something new, you got paralysis by analysis. You don't want to you know, make the mistake of wasting your time on something you don't know you're going to love. So another thing I miss is I miss Radio Shacks. Yeah, like, dude. <laughs> oh, I love Radio Shack. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they were around up until like the last 10 years. There were some by me, like open in like the 2010s. I, I didn't fully appreciate them in the 90s. You took them for granted. Yeah. Uh, there was one not too far from me, and it closed, and now it's like a nail salon or something like that. But <laughs> To go in there and get that random connector that yeah. you'd never think you'd need until you need it, you know? And people knew what they were talking about. They could point you in the right direction. Shit, can you think of, like, I mean, imagine if they were still around now, if you're trying to get into podcasting, you know they would have had equipment for podcasters. Oh, they'd have a whole, they'd have a whole wall of microphones yeah. and headsets. and you could see them. No lines, no waiting. Them. Yeah. Oh, yep. dude, I miss Radio Shack. I also miss, um, I don't know if you lived around a Newberry Comics where no. you, could, you could go in and actually you could buy CDs and posters and singles. We had a similar store. It was called FYE in the mall. So very similar. It stood for For Your Entertainment. But basically, yeah, they had a CD section. They had a movie section. They had, I think eventually, I don't know if they ever did video games. But I remember they would have like collectible action figures sometimes as well. So if you're into that thing, they always had like the cool action figures. Um, but again, it was all physical media that once that kind of like went by the wayside, that didn't really last too long because you can just get it so much cheaper. Yeah, online now, you know. Uh, well, the number one thing that I missed from the '90s was when SNL was funny. Oh, everyone says that though. <laughs> right. Come on, everyone says that their version <laughs> no. of SNL was the best. But but isn't it though? I mean, you're talking about the heyday of Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, you know, Chris Rock, like these guys, like Phil Hartman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that was like because it was an event for me to watch it. You know, like if you aren't if you're not out partying, sneaking alcohol, uh, being underage, it's like, oh, man, like, Saturday night, let's, SNL's on, let's check it out. Like, yeah. It's going to be something good in there. Um, just fond, fond memories, you know, of of it, and I've tried watching it nowadays, and, and maybe I just don't give it the time. I don't know. Maybe that's it, but I, I do really miss it. I think with today, because I would agree, I'm not a huge fan of watching this stuff today. First off, I'm not going to watch it live anyway, because anything that's good is going to go on YouTube the next day. And I'm not, <laughs> dude, <laughs> if, if I have to stay up past 11 and I'm not getting trashed, like, it's, I'm, I'm, in, I'm tired. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm going to bed. Yep. So I, I can't stay up late anymore. And I think a lot of it, too, is not even just SNL, but I feel like like a lot of like the, the late night talk shows, you know, you talk about like the Jimmy Fallon and Stephen Colbert. It's all getting too political now. And regardless of what your political views are, I don't think that politics should be the crutch by which humor is presented, right? I, I think I think it has its place, especially when it's like an election year. I get that. But when it's literally all the time and like the primary focus of all of your comedy, that's a it's yeah. a political show at that point. And I have no interest in that. That's not something I can disconnect from reality from because that's just bringing reality in and making you realize, shit, this world's messed up and we're just trying to laugh about it. Whereas back in the day, some of the best SNL skits were just totally random, you know, sometimes characters that you knew, but just random things. And those are the ones that, you know, I, I, I would tell you my favorite SNL skit of all time is Celebrity Jeopardy with Will Ferrell. Oh, hands down. Yes. Hands down. Because it's hilarious. What made that exciting was the different actors that came on to like the different impersonations that right. they did of of actors. Well, yeah. and of course Sean Connery. <laughs> Shuck it, Trebek. <laughs> That's not what your mother said last night. <laughs> uh yeah, uh really good. Really good. Yeah. All right, listen, just check this out. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a couple rapid fire questions here. Okay. Right. So I just I'm just gonna give you the the topic, and you tell me your preferred or favorite or what it doesn't matter. Like I said, I'm just fun. Okay. <laughs> uh, all from the '90s, right? Yeah. Uh, cartoon. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sitcom. Ooh. Um. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. 
band. Uh, Rock band, music band, right? Yeah. Um, Nickelback? <laughs> <laughs> all right. You spend a lot of time in strip clubs, do you? I mean, <laughs> listen, man. You know, I want to be a rock star. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, I dog on him, but I, I like Nickelback. It's my so first concert, fun. too. Like, I, I didn't go to concerts a lot, so my first one was Nickelback, Stained, and Daughtry. Ooh, that's a good that's show. A hell of a show. I had a great time. I, I'm not mad at that show. No, it I'm was not mad super at fun. Um, and I haven't been to a lot of concerts since. I've never been a huge concert guy just because, like, again, for somebody who loves talking to people for a living, crowds freak me out. Like, I don't like being in big crowds of people for too long. I just get really uncomfortable. And it's, like, with all the noise, too. Like, I'm sure there's some diagnosis I've just, I have not gotten done. But, like, I just, I don't like all the, 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 the overload, of the sensory overload, basically. So, okay. um yeah, but I mean, but anyway, so Nickelback was my first concert, so I guess them. Honestly, I was a huge boy band fan back in the in the late '90s. So NSYNC uh, was 98 Degrees, probably my favorite boy band, and then Boys to Men with a maybe a close second. Uh, movie, uh, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Really? Okay. Favorite movie Not of all time? Two with quote Vanilla Ice. Line and verse. Well, the second <laughs> one is got Vanilla Ice. That one's decent, but the first one I can quote line and verse. It's just like my ultimate. Like I can watch it to stay awake. I can watch it to fall asleep. I can watch it whenever, and it's just the best. You have a favorite like toy from the nineties? <sighs> no, maybe not necessarily one you played with. It's just one that. You could appreciate. I'm trying to think. I mean, maybe not just one. Again, I was. I keep going back to it, but like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was my jam. So like I had all the Ninja Turtle okay. toys to the point where the I'm now buying and... all the remake toys that they've put out at Target and Walmart because I'm like, <laughs> hell yeah, dude. Now, yeah, I have a job now. I'm an adult. I can pay for this. and It's disposable income, and I can even write it off as my kids will play with it too. So my wife can't get mad at me. <laughs> Do you have a favorite uh, store in a mall? Uh, I used to go to EB. It was called Electronics Boutique back then, but you know, EB Games EB, yeah. became GameStop. So that was that was like my go-to. There was another one that was always fun. I don't know if it was a local store or if it was a national chain in the mall. It was called Jade Gifts. Do you, does, does that ring a bell? Oh, here's one, though. I got a better one for you. So Spencer Gifts. Oh, Sp- oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that was and the place I could go. still going strong today. It is. Well, and I've walked in, and it's it's just weird now. But like back in the day, like it's basically like they sell T-shirts and dildos now, whereas back in the day... There was maybe a couple other things besides T-shirts and dildos that they sold. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. But it was always fun to walk it because, yeah, that's as a kid, you're like, ooh, what is this thing that's got batteries and is it vibrates? What That looks fun. <laughs> I have no idea what that does, but I bet it's great because it's back here in the weird section. Um, I think I know the answer to this next one, but your favorite video game? Ah, oof. No, you'd think it was Ninja Turtles, but it's not. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say I that. I know yeah. you were. No, it, so my favorite video game from back in the day? Uh, I'm gonna go with Super Mario Bros. No, no, no. What am I talking about? Uh, it is Mike Tyson's Punch Out, hands down. I don't even know why Ooh. it took me a second to hesitate because I am like a god at that game. Have you beaten that many times? Yeah. I, okay. In fact, if you Good. check out my YouTube channel, I recently played through it for a segment I do called No Continues, where I basically play old video games until I die. Game over. So I made it all the way to Mister. It's Mister Dream. The version I played is with Mister Dream. I grew up playing the Mike Tyson version, but this one is Mister Dream. I am putting out a video soon though where I, I I did not win that fight. Spoiler alert! But I have a rematch out there where I have recorded my a second attempt at him, and I'm not going to tell you if I beat him or not. But okay. Uh, anyway, I I yes, I am very good at that game. So that is my favorite video game of all time. WWE Superstar or WWF? Well, it was. Uh, I mean, can I choose WCW? Okay. Because uh, it's going to be Sting. It's my favorite wrestler of all time. Okay, you like the makeup? I just, I so cool. Uh, yeah, because one of my favorite movies as a kid was The Crow. Big fan of The Crow. I was just going to say, it looks like The Crow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's how it was all inspired. So, yeah. So, if I had to go WWF, I would, I mean, I would probably say Hulk Hogan because everyone loved Hulk Hogan and, you know, he was just the coolest. Actually, I did have an old Sega game that was WWF and Hulk Hogan was like the best wrestler on there. I'd say the Ultimate Warrior would have been a close second, though. Yeah, I was a big Ultimate Warrior fan myself. Yeah. I didn't know if that was more late 80s. To, he was in the 90s for sure. I mean, I, I definitely remember it, yeah, because, I mean, he won the title in 90 against Hogan at WrestleMania 6. So, I mean, that was when his okay. career really took off was like the early 90s. He bench-pressed him. Didn't he bench-press him? He gorilla-pressed him into the splash, yeah, after kicking out of the leg Gorilla-pressed him. Yep. yep. Okay. And last thing would be, uh, you have a, like, any favorite memories? I don't know. You know, actually, I do. I think it depends on the time of year because I have nostalgic feelings from pretty much all the times of the year, but... Uh, this time of year, you know, we're recording this in early June. I would say just summer vacation uh, in general, but in particular, every year my parents would have a big cookout. 
and and they would invite i mean as a kid it looked like hundreds of people it was probably like 20 people but they would have all <laughs> these people come over to our house and swim in our pool and it was just the coolest thing because my, my my grandparents would come my aunts and uncles my cousins and then like a bunch of my dad's friends would all come and i got to stay up late and I, it was summer so i could stay up late in general but like Everyone was staying up late. We'd have a bonfire going at night. And it was just an all-day thing where you had food in the pool. You're swimming in the pool all day. You're hanging out. You're, you're sitting by the fire. And you got to stay up late. And it was with all these people that you only saw once a year. So it was like this big thing, right? It was basically my version of Woodstock. It was such – I just – so many good memories. And I'm only probably thinking of one or two that, that I remember. But just so much happened then. I was like, oh, my God. And then it was just – the next day, you had, to, you know, had to clean up, and it was just a freaking pigsty all over my yard. There was like beer cups everywhere and whatever, you know. Yep. And it just was. It was good, man. It's good times. So th- this time of year, that's what I remember most fondly. That's cool, man. Yeah, I like it. I could get like your first kiss or something, and uh, <laughs> one of these cookouts. No, I don't even remember my first kiss. I got it. You know, I, sadly, it was probably like junior high that I got my first kiss. Actually, I do remember it now. I promised to do a girl's homework if she gave me a French kiss on the in the auditorium. So yeah, that that's was good bargaining uh, power right there. I was go. great. Sales. I sucked. It was terrible though. <laughs> it was a bad kiss, but she got an A. So I mean, was, you know, who's the winner there? I don't know. Well, uh, yeah. The... <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, Dan, man, it's been awesome having you on the show. Yeah. Yeah. We. I mean, I feel like we could probably keep going with a lot of the stuff too. Like, there's a lot of a lot of untouched. 90s things but you know i think what we'll do is we'll say well if people want to hear more about the 90s then we definitely want to have them check out your uh your podcast so why don't you uh give me give me a rundown of where people can find you absolutely uh and what they can expect when they do yep absolutely so unlike joe rogan spotify is not paying me millions of dollars to host exclusively on there so um i am on all yet there you go i like that positive attitude (laughs) um I am on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, basically anywhere you can listen to podcasts. I, I push out my RSS feed, too. You can also go to our website. It's generations.buzzsprout.com. So all of the episodes are on there as well. And you can either listen to them on the website or you can you know click through to get directed to whatever app you use. Um, I've always used like the iTunes podcast app myself personally so that's usually how i listen to my podcast so if that's you great we're on there uh but you can like i said check us out at generations.buzzsprout.com uh to listen wherever you want awesome man so i'm gonna put all those links uh as well as your buddy with the uh whiskalodian podcast yeah. I, wrote, I think i wrote that down correctly uh so i'll put all those in the uh we'll call them show notes as we say in the biz that's right yeah right uh the the podcast description if you will so we'll put all that stuff how people can find you and check it out And uh, yeah, man. So like I said, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. And thanks everyone for listening and uh, stay casual. 